Welcome to the Interesting Podcast with Jedi Brian, episode number 34. This episode is my good friend Daniel Barry. Daniel Barry, you'll know from uh, previously Podcast 66, but now the Forcecast, uh, which is, you know, one of the best Star Wars podcasts out there. I've been on there quite a few times. Don't want to brag. But yeah, this, uh, I'm fairly certain this is the longest podcast I've done to date. And also the most personal, for sure. Daniel is such a great dude. Um, we met at Celebration uh, at a meetup. We actually talk about that. Uh, we talk about a lot of things. Uh, Daniel's a musician. He's a drummer. So we talk about uh, how he went to Berkeley, kind of. That'll make sense when you listen. Uh, playing different types of music. We both play uh, instruments. Uh, we talk about how he met his wife, Lindsay, who's amazing. She uh, She's also been on the Forcecast quite a few times. So if you listen to the Forcecast, you know who I'm talking about. Lindsay, if you're listening to this, you're awesome. Uh, we talk about uh, how he got started in podcasting. We talk about our dads. Our dads have a, have a funny little uh, through line, and uh, we just really connect. It, uh, it gets a little heavy, I'm not going to lie to you. We talk about some celebrity deaths and stories, but uh, it, it comes out with a nice little uh, anecdote. And um, it's, just a good, it's just a good conversation. Daniel's a great dude. Also, you will notice that this podcast sounds different. There's a reason behind that, and it actually adds to how awesome Daniel is. So when I uh, when we did this, we did this over Skype, and I'm terrible with computers and tech and stuff like that, and apparently my laptop needed to be updated, and I did not know that. So I record with a program called Call Note, and I didn't realize that toward the beginning of our conversation, it stopped recording. I know, I know. I, uh... Ooh, had a had a little bit of moment of a freak out, but fret not, my friends. Daniel recorded the episode while we were talking, and I was going to edit it and try to make it sound differently. But you know what? This is a testament to Daniel. I left it the way it is. I mean, it's edited for levels and everything, but I didn't change anything about the audio um, as far as quality goes. So it's going to sound like I'm kind of guesting on his show, and it just I don't know. It just feels right. Just feels right given. Uh, the fact that he saved this. And uh, I was very, very glad that he took the time to come on my show. But I think you guys are really going to like him. He's amazing. Uh, definitely check out the Forcecast. Because if you like Star Wars, Ryan and Daniel, they do it right. They do it right. But, you know, without further ado, enjoy episode number 34 of the Interesting Podcast with Daniel Barry. Roll the theme song. love this thing dude man. you can get all these like apps on the tv itself sure and you just we... can watch hd streaming disney channel whenever you want it's amazing that is insane we just got this new uh it's it's with xfinity uh, it may be called xfinity on demand or whatever it is there's a remote control you talk into and i've never had anything like this before so if i'm like 
AMC. It'll go right to AMC. So I'm just like making up channel names to see what it'll do. <laughs> <laughs> we have DVR for the first time ever. I was like, I don't, I don't even know what this is. I don't know how I lived before DVR. Cause I mean, right? I, I honestly, I don't have time to watch what it, cause all I watch are NBA games anyway on cable right. anymore or Star Wars Rebels when it comes on. So sure. I'm never able to watch this stuff live. I just can't do it. So. I don't. Sure. I don't trust the talking technology, though, Brian. I I, I don't use Siri <laughs> on my phone. Sure. It's a little too close to Terminator Two for me. I'm I'm with you. The second that uh, Siri came out, I was like, "Is nobody seeing this as a Skynet prototype?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's like too much so to where like so I I don't have an iPhone, right? I've got an Android, and I remember going to the store and buying something, and then seeing an ad for that thing on Facebook like a few hours later. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I don't like it. Um, I'm telling you, your phone your phone in the event of like the, the Terminator apocalypse, your phone is going to give you up in a second. Oh, for sure. You'll um, be hiding and the Terminator walks by and your phone will be like, he's over here. You're like, oh no! <laughs> well, yeah, they'll just track you through it. I mean, I can track where my wife is, like if she's headed home from work uh-huh. with this Find Friends app that's built into the iPhone. And you could basically just, I mean, I can't go anywhere that I can't, I can't lie to her if I wanted to. Cause like, she'd yeah. just be like, Oh, where are you? Um, sure. Can we just quote movies all night? Of course. That's, okay. that's, that's what this is. <laughs> it, that reminds me of, do you ever hear that Bill Burr bit when he talks about uh, the batteries? Dude, I need to he get ta- caught up with Burr. Cause I know he's one of the greats right now. He is fantastic. He t- he talks about like there was a battery commercial and this woman is like on the playground and she can't find her kid and then she she's like Billy Billy and then she presses this like thing on the remote and her kid comes out of the bushes. He's like, oh hey, what's up? He's like, why are we not talking about this? What is in that kid that he knew when he pushes the button he comes out? Oh, it's like this is some Terminator stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. He, it used to be you're on the side of the road, it's raining and you can't find your flashlight. Batteries. Now yeah, it's exactly. like, what is going on? Yeah, it is weird to think about because uh, you're Lindsay's age, right? You're 25, 26? I'm 26. I was oh, born okay. in 91. Hey, man, you're engaged now. I am engaged. She's. Uh, What's that like so, for you? Uh, Well, we've, we've been together eight years in January. Mm-hmm. So it was like I gave her every out possible. Sure. And I and I figured I need to lock it down before she wises up. No, I mean I know you're joking, <laughs> but at the same time I can relate because I did the right? same thing with Lindsay. I almost well with every other serious girlfriend I actually definitely pushed them away, but with her I didn't I didn't want to push her away, but I I would always be asking her and it drove her nuts. Like, wouldn't you rather be doing something else right now? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I like Star Wars a lot, mm-hmm. and you can relate. Mm-hmm. And Monique is a babe. So I'm like, two plus two, this is not adding up here. Yeah. But uh, here's a here's a very expensive ring. Well, she, um, we're she... not going to eat for a while. <laughs> Dude, no <laughs> kidding. And I got I got an affordable one. I mean, it was like 1600 bucks. Not not much. But it's what she wanted, sure. which, which was perfect for me. But, dude, it took me months to put that money aside. Oh, same, same. I, I remember I went in to the place on like a Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. And... The I was there for like three hours. My dad's been a jeweler for like fifty years, so dude, I took I, him with me. That's crazy. I He's like, no, this is this one isn't good. Oh yeah, dude. I I want to do a podcast with just my dad, but he won't do it. <laughs> oh man. But so I, I went there on Tuesday, and uh, we were there for a lot of hours. We we narrowed it down to the one that I really wanted, and um, the woman was actually really cool. 
behind the desk. She was like, don't buy it today. Come back on Saturday because we're running two sales at once. Mm. And you'll be able to get like a lot off. So I was like, oh, thank God. And uh, it worked out. It was still my God. But the whole, that was the whole thing with it. As I was like, she's been putting up with me for almost eight years. I need a ring that's equivalent to her time served. Yeah. You know? I um, made the last $600 payment the, and picked up the ring the day that I proposed to Lindsay. I did the same thing. Really? So I, <laughs> I bought it. And I when I bought it on that Saturday, I really went from the store to her dad's house. Asked his permission. He was down with it. Went to her mom. Asked her permission. She was down with it. Within 24 hours, we were engaged. That's see, I didn't even wait till last minute for the parent thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's cutting it close. What now? Lot that they wouldn't have. You were together sure. since high school, basically. Yeah. What? Let's say in an alternate universe, not yeah. even both of them, but like the the dad says, I don't think so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. no, honestly, like, what, what do you do? Because, like, that's that doesn't happen very regularly, sure, I'm sure. Sure. Because if that you is... if you're confident enough to ask the father, like, you know, for permission, then sure, it's pretty much given. Yeah, I was. I'm real old fashioned that way. Um, but hmm, I can honestly say I had not thought of that. <laughs> um, I probably would have been like, okay, uh, let's talk this out, and I would have done my best to convince him. Yeah, you seem like you'd be a good salesman. I'm not bad. I'm not bad. I uh, actually funny funny story. My first job I ever had, I was 14, and I sold the local newspaper here, and um, I went door well, to door. That's ironic. I know. I went door to door and tried to sell like home subscriptions to people, and uh, it was all commission based. So you got to, I mean, by the end of it, I was just lying. I was like, I'm trying to save for college. You should buy the newspaper. <laughs> Which is half true. I mean, you should have been. I mean, That's why right. not? At the time, I thought I was going to college. Right. So there was some truth in it. <laughs> Your mom goes to college. That's right. So That's right. Early 2000 movies fans get that one. You know, I yeah. thought your dad worked in the Hershey factory. He did. My dad has done literally everything. Like he, he actually is the most interesting man in the world. He, he like so he's, his parents were both uh, gone by the time he was 16, oh, my and God. then he ended up fighting in Vietnam at 17. Oh. He's been a firefighter, a cop. He worked at the Hershey factory. At like 23, he's like, I want to sail the world. Literally saved up for a bought a boat, taught himself to sail it, and then went to the South Pacific. He's freaking Desmond Hume, dude. He is. I'm not kidding. I told him I was like, we should do a podcast just you telling me stuff you've done, and and uh, he told me one time. And you know, I'm going to say this on the record. Uh, he told me one time that he doesn't want to do it because he's done so many things in his life and he just wants to tell people about it. You know, he's yeah. a real quiet, reserved guy, but he likes telling stories of things he's done. Yeah. I mean, that's who doesn't. I mean, well, not that's, not. Mo I don't think most people do, Brian. I, I think that's that's right? a blessing for you in your life, because I can totally relate to that. My dad is basically the same. I mean, he didn't fight in Vietnam. I think my dad's quite a bit older than your dad, probably. But. I don't know. Mine's dad's, pretty old. My dad's pushing 85, so. Uh, mine's 71. Okay, so he's got about 12, 15 years. In yeah, you know. But um, What's 12 years? <laughs> my dad wanted to serve. Um, he slept walked. Or he sleep, sleepwalked? Slip, slept woke? What is the past? <laughs> what's the past tense for sleepwalked? It's got to be, it's got to be sleepwalked, right? Or slept walk. Slept walk. He's, That's he, a weird one. He walked in his sleep. Something. Yes, he did sleep. that. 
So um, <laughs> they were like, yeah, no. So, um, oh my God, I could talk to my about my dad. You know, I had the same idea that you had, and I wanted to do a separate podcast, just me and my dad, because he, I mean, just like your dad, I'm sure, it's like just a million stories, because my dad, he came from nothing, worked on the railroad, he was a cab driver in Chicago, he was a firefighter in Orlando, car yeah, dealer. You know, that's he, awesome. He made his own bones, and uh, man, I mean, we should just do a Brian Daniel father podcast. Right? Oh, that'd be the best. I think, yeah, I mean, I think our dads dad, are more uh, interesting than either of us. <laughs> oh, absolutely. My dad's been my inspiration. Like I've been to I've been to 20 countries outside the US and I'm so jealous. Man. That is all cuz of my dad. Like he's the world traveler. But like he oh I mean he he never talks about Vietnam and stuff and rightfully so. But he uh the whole reason that he ended up there was because with his parents being gone, he still had to work, but he was too young to get a driver's license. So he'd been pulled over and arrested so many times for driving without a license that the draft was going on at the time. And they said, you either A, go to jail, or B, enlist. Oh, my so, God. So that's what he did. What what an unfair hand that, that life dealt your father. I mean. Right. But he's like such a badass and he just handled it. He's old school dude, man. I mean, do you, he's the do best. You, do you know? Because the details of my father's life, I couldn't tell you, but. Do you sure. know how long he was in Vietnam? He did, from what I understand, because he's actually only ever talked about it twice. Right. Like in, in my entire life, and I, I respect him enough never to ask. Sure. Um, sure. I do know that he was a frogman, which is what later became the Navy SEALs. Right. Sure. So, so it was like bad news bears. Um, That's crazy, dude. Yeah. I think he did two tours, I believe. But like I said, he never talks about it. Do you um, find comparing yourself to your father, because I do, uh-huh. My dad is a man's man, and I am like the least, like knowledgeable. Le- like I'm so pampered. I'm like not a, a handyman at all. Sure, you know, sure. By the time my dad adopted me, he was he had kind of made some money, you know, and and he was pretty much good. That's why he's so old. My I got old parents, even though I'm 36. My right. dad's 50 something, 55 years older than me. I mean. He adopted me when he was forty something, so I guess my math is, doesn't add up there. But dude, I didn't know sure. that I could relate to you so much about the dad thing because I've been to all fifty states, like oh, twice. Oh, jealous! See, and, jealous, and it's One day. because of him. So, how was Alaska? Alaska is probably it's like another world. It's um one of my That's best friends is from uh, Soldotna, Alaska. My dad has been. A number of times. Like, the last time we went, I was super young. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we took trips across the continental states for, like, eight years. Sure. From when I was, That's like, amazing. 11 to, like, 17, probably. Every what? summer, every summer for, like, two months, we would travel by motorhome. Yeah, that's what that, we did the same. Because my dad's from New Hampshire, and uh, I'm from North Carolina, but we moved down to Florida when I was, like, six. And uh, we would take trips from Florida to New Hampshire all the time and then hit North Carolina on the way up. And then I had relatives that lived in Illinois, so we went all the states through up to Illinois, had family in Texas, went from Florida to Texas, hit all those. New Uh, Hampshire? That's right. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Which is beautiful, but my God, it's cold. Did you see the Northern Lights when you were in Alaska? Dude, I was so young. We we were there in the summer. I don't remember. I we I went once. My dad went multiple times because he loved to fish up there with his uh with his friends and his brother. But oh yeah, yeah. Was, was there so, sunlight or was there no sunlight? I don't even remember, dude. 
Because there's like months of just sun and then months of like darkness. What's weird is like when I do go back to places like Nashville or New York um, to visit friends and family or L.A., Mm -hmm. I have these like I I know I've been here and I try to look around say what looks what feels familiar. Obviously, things have changed in the last 20, 25 years since I've been to these places. But it is cool. Like when someone when you meet someone, they're like, oh, I'm from Cedar Point or. Oh, I'm from Hershey, PA, or you know, whatever. Oh, I've been, you know, like, oh, I've been there, you know, and people are like, oh, really? Yeah, it's. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, where are you from? Right, dude, right here, born and raised. Really? Yep. In Florida? My, me, uh, me. I, uh, <laughs> my younger sister, who is also adopted, mm-hmm. right and on. my wife, who's 10 years younger than me, but um, was born, mm-hmm. we were all born in Orlando Regional. That is crazy. Isn't that nuts? There's, there's not a lot. It's like Naples specifically, nobody's born here. Oh yeah, they're, they're all, all snowbirds. Like retirees. Monique is like the unicorn who is born here. Wow. But uh, I know, I know. Florida girls, man, I'm telling you. I know, I know. They did, they did a good job growing them. <laughs> so if you were, if you were born around Orlando, mm-hmm. did you grow up like a giant Disney fan, like most people? Well, of course, I was a kid in the '80s, and it was and right there, right? It was. Walt Disney, Jim Henson, John Williams, George Lucas, and Steven Spielberg. Yeah. And, you know, of Did course, you... other things that you don't chalk up to those guys, but those were the big five, man. That's the Mount Rushmore of my childhood right there. Sure. Because I noticed a lot of people that are around there, obviously, I mean, it's right there. It's like they become massive. I mean, Disney's amazing as it is, but there are some people who are crazy, like, in the Disney fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it is just being nearby. Right. Well, I mean, I took it for granted. I mean, I have pictures and memories of myself as as a baby at the parks, and it's like, I just, I mean, I knew it was special, but I didn't get until I was older, like, oh, we don't have to save all year for uh, airplane tickets and hotel reservations. We literally can drive 20 minutes down the street, and there we're at the park, so. That um, is amazing. Yeah. I've seen the parks, you know, grow and change over the years, uh, more so Universal than Disney, but... Yeah, the parks, right. all of them, uh, both Disney and Universal, mostly Disney, though, mean a lot to me, for sure. Sure, sure. You know, it's funny. So I grew up in Florida, mm. spent the last 20 years here, mm. um, but I went to Disneyland first. Yeah. And then I went to Disney World when I was like, I want to say 20, 20 or so. Wow, it took you that long? It took me that long, yeah. That's crazy. It's like... It's amazing what three hours will make you not committed to do. Well, I mean, you've been to what? How many? How many countries? Twenty countries. Twenty. I've been to twenty countries. That's I mean, you ideas. could have just gone to Epcot Center. I know. <laughs> Save yourself I a know. lot of time and money. <laughs> we, me and Savannah have talked about. Um, I guess uh, a majority of good things that have happened to her via phone calls or texts, or whatever, have all happened while she was in the Japan Pavilion. Huh, at Epcot, and I was like, maybe I should just go there and like soak up the juju. Like example, it's like uh, when she got the her universe job. Oh, so she was there when she found out. Yeah, I told her like the week before. I was like, oh, you got the job. You're, you're. I, she's like, oh, I don't know. I was like, no, you, you got it. I did the same thing. I was yeah. like, who is going to do better at this than you? The right. answer, no one. I mean, she's besties with the the owner of the company so it's like right i think you're good <laughs> she's she's like one of my favorite people ever dude savannah is like a a diamond in the rough dude for like, real she's the best whoever is part of her life is truly blessed she's just i mean even my wife who 
you know, she she's she, it's not just women, it's all people. Like she doesn't um she's not attracted to a lot of people. You know, she she sure. has her like five people that she really loves and then sure. she adds to that. She loves you and she <laughs> oh, adores what well, she does and she adores Savannah, which, you know, we haven't I mean, I've known her longer through the internet or whatever, but uh man, Savannah Kiefer is just like She's golden. She's aces. She is. She really is. I'm bragging all the time that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in the I'm on the Dorky Diva show. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? I'm like, you don't get it. Trust yeah. me. It's a it's a, it's a badge of honor. So where are you recording from tonight? Uh, I am recording from the condo Monique and I live in. Oh, right on. I was like, yeah. it sounds like a party back there. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff going on in the back. Um, I did have a question. Um, yeah, so please. Disney, right? Right. What is your favorite Disney movie? Wow, that's a loaded question because for me, oh yes, I asked the hard ones here. For me, it's at least two categories: animated and live action. It's probably more okay, that because you got fair. the Disney Pixar stuff, which is kind of like not classic animation, right? Um, crap, dude. I, I would have to say one of my top ten movies. In, in my top ten, there's definitely Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Really, the original? Yeah, the O Ridge, the OG. It was the first film I ever saw in the theater when I was a baby kid. In fact, I was so obsessed with those characters. My first words ever were, well, legible words were "hi ho." That is amazing. I would just be like, "Hi ho," you know, yeah. <laughs> before Dada, Mama, you know, it was "hi ho." I would say through my teenage years, I definitely had a type, and you know, if you watch Snow White, you know what I'm talking about. Um, oh my God, I don't, I, you know it. Because I've, you know, as a kid, my parents, my mom especially, we watched everything that Disney ever produced from the 30s on. Sure, You know, through videotapes and stuff, um, and the Mm -hmm. Disney Channel when we were kids. Right. And then, you know, I I was a kid through the golden age of 90s. I guess that was the uh, revival. Yeah, yeah. Lion King, Aladdin. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. Well, it really kicked off with Little Mermaid, but... um, Sure. Ah, God, you know, I... It's got to be it's Snow White. Um, I like a lot of the oddball ones. Um, Hercules a... is my all-time. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I finally yeah. saw that one um, a couple finally. years ago. Well, the thing is with the what with the animated features, I you know I think most at least boys. Um, uh huh. At least I did when I got to be like sixteen, seventeen. I was getting up there in high school and graduating high school. You know, it wasn't like I was rushing out to see every new animated feature. Even either I didn't have time, wasn't a priority, or what? You know, I, it's not like I didn't want to see Mulan or um, Hercules or Emperor's New Groove. I just I wasn't dating anyone at the time that was into it, and sure. So I missed a lot of that stuff. Um, Pocahontas kind of lost me at the time. I think it was just the age where I was like, eh, you know. Right. Dude, I got it. Favorite Disney movie? Okay. Oh my god, this is it's the emblem stuff from the nineties, so I can't really it's probably a three way tie. Okay. Rocket, that is allowed here. Rocketeer, probably number one. Uh Who Framed Roger okay. Rabbit is probably Ooh, that's right, a gold that gold. Right there, and then Dick Tracy's a little bit under that, just because it's so weird. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> that time there was a whole lot of weird going on. Roger Rabbit, in hindsight, is really weird. That's a brilliant film. It's so important. I, I you know, I that Agreed. probably did so much for 
not just animation, but just the fusion of that. And I mean, it's just, it's such a good movie. Like I, my wife still hasn't seen it. And I'm like, you gotta, what? you gotta see this movie. What? Lindsay, if you're listening to this, you need to watch it. It's, it's so good. I saw it way too young. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you didn't get I all saw, the adult jokes. I, when, when I was like four. Right. I watched Who's Frame Roger Rabbit and Robocop. I don't know what that says about wow. how I turned into an adult. Hmm. Um, Peter it was Weller, interesting. Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was that. Um, I love Who Frame Roger Rabbit. It's brilliant. Bob Hoskins. Oh, dude, his best. His best. I think. I would. I would argue his best is Smee from Hook. Oh, you know what? Lightning. Has yeah, just Hook, my brain. Hook is like one of my all-time favorite movies. Okay, like I got ever. a I got a funny aside. Um, tying into yes. Disney and the Disney parks. When, uh, mm-hmm. Scariest moment of my life. <laughs> um, when I was six, my mm-hmm. mom made me a homemade Peter Pan costume. And okay, Disney downtown Disney here in Orlando. It's huge now. It's like Disney Springs. It's shops and restaurants and theaters. Most people know what I'm talking about. Sure. Um, before he was even down to Disney Pleasure Island in the 90s, before that, back in the 80s, mm-hmm. they had like three stores and like a restaurant, and it was called um, Disney Village. Okay. And uh, they had Halloween event out there. I mean, it's Florida, so you know, it's like 90 degrees, but they had yeah. all <laughs> the, the villain characters, the costume big head characters. Now, mm-hmm. you see them in the parks now, and they're they're oversized because it's they're anime characters in real life. Like, as a kid, you'd be like, "Oh my god!" But back right. in the '80s, they didn't temper it much, so it was even like these these costumes are ridiculous. Their heads were huge. Right, right. I, now, I'm I'm Peter Pan. My my four year old sister at the time is Tinkerbell, adorable. And my mom homemade these costumes, and we went. And of course, I've got this little cheap plastic retractable knife, and I'm got my candy bag i'm like let's go trick-or-treating at disney all the villains great Uh and you know i was a very highly imaginative kid so um i was peter pan you know i was like i'm peter pan and of course of course and you know role-playing to the max and uh, (laughs) of course i got my eye out the whole night you know it's i'm like hmm so at one point at the corner of my eye i see this blue red white striped shirt with the red hat or whatever it was and i'm like okay wait (laughs) <laughs> there's a rotund uh bulbous nosed um pirate over there and that is Smee. so where is the other guy so i found him and i'm like okay this is my yeah. time i said <laughs> this mom, is it i said mom we gotta go see captain hook because i'm peter pan sure like, all right i'll go there with you so we run up there and i come around a corner and this captain hook costume is the the actor is turned away from me and i spring behind him and I scream Hook you're a codfish <laughs> No lie this is what happens He turns around and he looks at me and comes after me and I was Peter Pan cuz I actually flew and oh. I was gone <laughs> probably leaving a yellow stream behind me but that was one of the scariest moments of my life Oh my god sure. it's true funny. story true story <laughs> I hope that's interesting yeah see see i told you this so, is my job to bring them out they're, how, they're there how did we get there oh we were talking about smee bob hoskins that's right. yeah that's right that's right see yeah. i don't i don't even follow the lines i just go down the rabbit hole and see where it goes miss that guy you know what's <laughs> weird now is um to totally jump the tracks because i'm not sure that 
I, we've I've lost so many of my favorite actors and musicians from when I was a kid. Oh yeah. I honestly can't even remember who is still alive anymore. It's it's tough, man. What who who affected you the most out of out of celebrity deaths thus far? It, it's pretty recent. Um, mm-hmm. Carrie was a big deal. Um, C- Carrie was man. Carrie was a big deal. I um, mm-hmm. you know, she was the first woman. I ever like real life woman that I had any kind of emotional or sexual feelings for. Um, Sure. Sure. You you know, before you even know what that is, when I'm eight, nine, 10 years old, watching return of the Jedi, I'm like, this is weird. Like, (laughs) I don't know what's going on. Is that what a woman looks like? Um, (laughs) Kind of. Yes. Um, She's just, I mean, it was more than that. Obviously, as I got older, I just really learned to appreciate her writing and her, her spirit and uh she was a hero of mine for sure sure um, sure but i think it was just the timing and this last year has been really a, a toll on me emotionally um or the last two years really with the politics and oh i hear world's you. widespread terrorism we can get into that later but yeah when tom petty passed away unexpectedly yeah that was a nail in my coffin and um i was working a stressful job at the time, but it broke me down so hardcore. Um, I ended up doing some, um, which I'd never done. Um, uh, oh my God. What am I, um, cocaine. So, yeah. Oh. Cocaine. It was definitely <laughs> coke. Uh, thank God I didn't turn to that. It, no, I t- uh, seriously, if I didn't have Lindsay, like these last two years, I don't know, but whatever. But my doctor, my new doctor put me on some, um, um, oh my God, I can't remember what it, it's a, uh, uh, it's it's medication. It's uh, Lexapro or whatever. Um, sure. Yeah. So, anyways, I've never done that before, but I would like I would be angry all the time and crying for no reason, like for months. And so when Tom passed away, I was so angry. Um, I didn't know what to do. Um, Tom sure. was the first musician I ever came to on my own. My my parents didn't push him on me. My friends didn't push him on me. I discovered it through a um. My friend, my one of my best friend's brothers had all his CDs, and you know we were listening to him in his bedroom, and you know I I knew all the songs, but I really was like, I, I this guy means something. I like these songs, so let me get into it. And uh, he was with sure. me my whole adult life. Um, he was a teacher to me, man, and uh, never got to meet him, never even saw him live. But he's a Florida boy, and there was that connective tissue as well. But uh, right, I didn't realize till too late just how much he meant to me, and how sacred his music is to me. And it even talk about it now is, is tough because I haven't really talked about it since it happened. And it, it's, it was weird with Tom because, you know, all these celebrities and actors and musicians that I grew up idolizing that have passed and I've lost like David Bowie and Prince and Michael Jackson. Cause I'm a musician for those of you who are listening. I don't know. Um, oh yeah. So, I mean, not that that makes it, you know, me anymore. Like, touched by musicians deaths sure, but, but it does make it absolutely makes a difference yeah but yeah it was tom man and i know that's like the one of the more recent ones and but that's i i never it was weird you know because i you know not to sound like but it almost felt like you know it was right in the wake of the vegas shooting it was like the next day yeah and yeah it's it just a whole lot piled on and i was like why is this the thing and people were like well that's okay because I realized, you know what it was, Brian? I couldn't make sense of the Vegas thing. 
sure. Well, nobody still. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. Like I couldn't, I'm like, this doesn't, this isn't real to me. Right. It's not. Right. And the Tom thing was very real to me. And it's like, well, this, this makes sense to me and this sucks. So thank God for my sure. new medication and thank God for my wife. Um, but Tom will always live on in my heart. And, um, uh, I actually, one of my close friends in LA was very close friends with him. And, uh, he was the first guy I texted when I found out, I was like, dude, what can I do? And he goes, dude, just pray for me and I'll call you when I can. It was rough, man. So anyways, uh, sure. let's get into more positive stuff, huh? Sure. <laughs> sure. No, see, it's important because I, so I remember, um, I'm, I'm a massive Chris Hardwick fan. Oh um, yeah. He's, he's like the inspiration for me to make this podcast. Oh, good. Um, yeah. But I remember he had um, Michael Ironside on, mm. and he was talking about this old uh, Native American saying um, that he keeps with him forever because Chris Hardwick's dad had just died, and uh, I just lost my my mentor and like one of my best friends like two weeks ago, and I remember this thing that Michael Ironside said, and he said that the Native Americans believed there are everyone dies two deaths, the first one is the physical. And the second is the last time your name is said aloud. Oh, wow. And I think about that all the time now. Whenever you lose someone, you're like, okay, we, we lost the physical, but as long as they're still talked about, mm-hmm. they're still here. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like something to keep with you as like a hope. I mean, you always have Tom Petty's music. Yeah. Wow. That's as close to immortality as it can get. I never considered that. Because, you, you know, I guess the majority of humans that have lived on this earth do face that second death. It's not... You know, the true. people we talk about, whether they be Sitting Bull or Tom Petty, I mean, uh, historical figures, celebrities and things like that, they're mm-hmm. like the minority. Yep. The people that have passed on. There's, for every it's... celebrity or historical figure that we talk about, there's millions of people that we don't. So See? That's wild. It's a cool thing to it. think about in something like that. Me, it was Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, dude. That, that was weird, bad. too, man. Because I, I grew up on his movies like most people did. Yeah. But it was like this weird feeling where like he almost felt like this uncle. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. that like was there to make you laugh. Yeah. And then it's like he's not there anymore. Right. But, yeah. you know, we'll always have his movies. We'll always have Tom Petty's music. So it's mm. like a good thing to remember. They left pieces of them behind that is going to far outlast everything. You know, so there there is there is hope. You know, fret not for those who have become one with the force. Rejoice for what you had. Dude, you're going to make me cry. I got you, man. Yeah, this if is you what go, it's about. If you go back, uh, I guess it was a couple years now, there was a Podcast 66 episode where we didn't usually talk about, you know, unrelated to Star Wars stuff, but we had to talk about Robin. I mean, Ryan, my co-host on that show, is is uh, quite a bit younger than me, but, you know, mm-hmm. obviously he grew up with Aladdin and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, man, that was a weird one, too. I was sitting in a pizza shop with my best friend, Abraham, mm-hmm. and I happened to glance up on the TV. We were drinking beer and eating pizza. We are hanging out, and it just came mm-hmm. out of nowhere. I mean, we are having a great day, and all of a sudden, just saw it on the news. It, it, you know, we couldn't hear the TV. I just, I was like, I was like, no bleeping way. I grabbed my phone. I was like, dude. And he's like, what happened? I was like, I think Robin Williams passed away. And he was like, what? And we just kind of, like, couldn't talk the rest of the day. It was like, what do we do now? Isn't that sure. weird? Like someone you don't know, and you, and they pass away, and you're like, I don't even know what to do with myself at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. Man. So strange. Let's talk about Qui Gon Jinn or something, man. Jeez. <laughs> Actually, no. See, this is real. This is real, Daniel. No, I know, I know. I, I... <laughs> but you did mention something that I do want to get into. Sure. Because 
I'm a musician as well. I do know this. So you are a drummer. Yeah, I'm what the guy other, that hangs what, up with musicians. That's right. <laughs> do you play any other instruments or, uh, or drumming? Like I started your thing? on piano when I was real young, and I really dig piano. I just never practice. Um, I haven't practiced in years, but um, I picked up the guitar because every drummer wants to be a front man. Of course. <laughs> uh, you know, whether they say so or not. Um, so I really got into classic country at one point in my life. Um, right on. You know, I'm from North Carolina, so I support it. Pure traditional country, my dad's music. And I started singing like Hank Williams and Merle Haggard. Yeah. And stuff like so uh, Ray Price, Webb Pierce, Farron Young, that kind of stuff. And uh, we had a little group mm-hmm. together for a while. And we never really officially disbanded, but we were working on and off for a couple of years, really doing a lot. We never like toured outside Florida, but... Um, because I was in a dozen other bands that kind of did, but um, right. we were killing it, man. Um, we just did like a classic honky tonk thing, and I learned to play like eight chords on the guitar. So I can strum pretty good because I'm I'm good with rhythm, right? But I just never took the time to really learn to play lead or anything. I just I was like, whatever. But sure, I haven't touched a guitar in forever. It's it's drums, it's percussion. Did now so you started on piano and then went to guitar and then ended up on drums? No, no, God, no. I um, yeah. <laughs> from six to twelve, my mom was like, or no, six to like eleven, my mom was like, practice your piano, practice your piano, and I was pretty good, but mm-hmm. I hated practicing. I mean, most kids that age do, but she would yeah, see me banging on the top of the piano mm-hmm. and kind of drumming the rhythms, and she's like, well, give him a shot at drums. And we had a few drum lessons with random people. And then when I went to public school, sixth grade, middle school, mm-hmm. I was like, well, I got to be in band. My mom my mom was like, you're going to be in band. I don't care what, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they were like, hey, you're blowing to this. I'm like, Pfft. and they're like, okay, uh, blow into that. And I'm like, Pfft. and they're like, okay, this kid. Right. Like, Here, uh, here's a pair of sticks. Can you play this? And I was like, and they're like, oh, uh, all right. Well, you play drums. So that That's was right. it. We found and, it. Uh, <laughs> My uh, my mentor, my uh, one of my closest friends, uh, Chris Smith, a guy that I still see all the time. Um, mm-hmm. He came over to my house when I was eleven. He was eighteen, and uh, started teaching me drum lessons. And I've learned more about life and drums from that man over the last twenty five plus years than almost anybody. Um, and uh, he's taught me a lot. And man, I'm obsessed with music. And film, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I could talk to you about music all day and night. So guitar was something I picked up because I wanted to sing. Right, right. See, I played I played trombone for seven years. I, You know, and... I'm not sure I knew that. Yeah, I was, I'm not going to lie to you. I was really good. Well, I mean, yeah, seven years, <laughs> I was, dude. I was all state and everything. Yeah, yep, right. And, you marched, uh... right? Yeah, it was great. So I, 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 could play, I could play almost any brass instrument. Nice. Like Those I aren't could do easy. trombone, do baritone. Um, I broke my arm one year, and I couldn't play trombone for a sure. while, so I learned tuba. Oh, with a broken arm? With a broken arm, because with the cast, you know, it's like in an L shape, so I could bend my arm in a way to where I could reach the valves. Dude, see, that's the thing a lot so of people don't understand about band kids. Dude mm-hmm. has a broken arm, and he's like, give me another horn, I'll march. That's right. It was, it was funny, because I was in, let's see, I would have been in seventh grade at the time, and I was very, very small growing up. Mm-hmm. Like when I graduated middle school, in eighth grade, I was four foot ten. And I remember like four foot ten was like the the cutoff for being a dwarf. And I was what? like, well, okay, I guess this is what it is. And oh. then over that summer, I grew. Mm. And I was like, oh, phew, that was close. Because um, I, I was just very, very small. 
And what, um, what grade were you in when you were four ten? I was in eighth grade, so oh, I was thirteen. Oh wow, really? Yeah, I was very tiny. The tuba was actually bigger than me. Well, yeah, so, like, but you're what like, six two now? No, I'm only five eight. I I like oh. didn't make the national average of five nine. <laughs> is that the national average? I don't even know. Yes, the, the from what I understand, the average height of an American male is five nine. Hmm. So with shoes, I made it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm relatively short. You got um, tall hair too. Yeah, yeah, I I got a cowlick that reaches space. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I did I did that for a while, and then right after high school, I tried guitar for a little bit, but I just couldn't do chords. Because with six strings, so I was like, I'm gonna try bass, and then I did bass for like three years, and I hmm. did pretty well, but I could never use a pick. I always had to use my fingers. Yeah, I mean, overrated. I mean, Play with yeah, your fingers, right. man. Especially if you're playing bass, you know, you gotta you gotta finger pick it. Come I mean, on, man. I mean, there's times when a pick sounds perfect, but uh, so do you still play? Uh, not for a long time, no. You don't. I, do you I, have a bass guitar? I was guitar? playing like, I still have them. Yeah. Yeah, I still have all my instruments. I have like two trombones and then so two So what was the band guitars. that you were like, okay, you you don't just play bass guitar. You got to jam with some guys. What was it? I was in a few bands that was mainly just jam stuff to try to learn. Uh-huh. And then I got involved in a church band because that Perfect. was like a regular thing. Yeah. You know, it's all chords. Um, so I did that for a few years. But a majority of it was just jam stuff. Like we never had an official band um, like we never toured or anything. Sure. Um, we just did covers and things, and then. What was the name of the band? I think it was called Laminin or something like that. Laminin. It was some sort of like molecule. Yeah, it was some sort of like molecule. You don't remember? <laughs> yeah, it was something. I do not. Huh. It was strange. It was very short lived. Playing uh, playing a church, man. That's that's where to cut your teeth for sure. A hundred percent, because it's it's regular and it's music and it's it's you learn to work together. And there's there'll always be one person that's it, like, I'm the star. Right, and there's <laughs> nothing that's consistent when you're leading worship. It's not led. It's supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit, but you know, it's not led by like, okay, we're gonna play the verse six times. You know? Right, you just you just it's very feeling. Right, exactly. Uh, driven, which is great for musicians. You have to um, listen and you have to know how to read other people and feel for sure. That's right. Were you in marching band? Oh, dude, big Me time. Me too, and big I time. loved it. Yeah. Best part of high school. Dude, yeah, dude, it was the only thing in high school besides the girls I dated that I... Pfft. Right. I had, like, <laughs> one teacher in high school that I still, like, praise. But, you know, I, every single other one of them was forgettable, except for my band directors. Sure, sure. That did was you, life, uh, dude. What, did you play drums in the marching band? Heck yes, dude. We What'd were, you play? Uh, snare drum. I um, Snare, yes. I was in front ensemble my freshman year. Uh, dude, our high school, West Orange High School in Winter Garden... Mm-hmm. It's still like big time, but we're talking from the like mid '80s to the late '90s. That was like nationally, even internationally acclaimed high school program, and that we were amazing. like straight up number one in our in our conference, number one in our you know area of the country. Like we did Macy's, we did um, uh, Cherry Blossom Parade every like huge like we played at college football stadiums like it was if you didn't if you didn't show up and know your music and practice like you were just tossed aside like we don't need that like it oh, was yeah. extreme dude and i mean the freaking talent at that school at that time for the like decade and a half or whatever and the and the people that were teaching it's like nuts like it's gotten me into a lot of doors 
where I'll be sure. like, I've marched under John Campese at West Orange from 97 to 90. And they're like, what? Dude, come yeah. in. Talk to me. Like, it's, uh, it, it's a badge of honor for sure. Do you know Melvin Maxwell? I know the name, but I don't know Melvin, no. He is. He was the band director at Naples High mm-hmm. for 30-plus years. Yep. He had th- 36 years of straight superiors that's, that's in marching you, band. And I was a part of his senior class. Dude, yes. Nice. So I had my four years. I graduated when he retired. So, like, he's a that's close amazing. mentor of mine as well. That's incredible. And, and you still talk to responsible. him? Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Awesome. All the time. That's and he, he's fully responsible for me being as good as I was. Sure. Because he was one of those, I mean, you get it. Like, your band director, like, I think they're just magic. You know, yeah. they can, like, see the potential. Yeah. And then they know how to get it out of you. But, like, did you, because I loved, I loved marching band. And you were snare, which is great. Oh, yeah, it was tough. Because um, that's, that's the head of the thing. You got snare, quads, bass drum. And snare's where it's at, let's be honest. Although quads are pretty pretty cool. I was too small to march anything but, dude. I um, yeah. I was <laughs> six, I was 5'10", five, 5'11". Five, uh-huh. It, it, from my sophomore year on, um, mm-hmm. but I weighed like ninety pounds, soaking wet. Sure, sure. Literally nothing but skin and bones. No muscle, <laughs> no fat, and, and talent for drums. Yeah, I mean, dude, I was always struggling physically because I just couldn't keep up with those guys. I mean, they, I got the nickname Bones from high school. That's I, awesome. <laughs> I still go by that in uh, circles with drummers, but. Uh, What's funny about that is like people are like, "Well, why? What's your nickname, Bones?" I'm like, "Well, I don't reflect my nickname anymore because I, you know, too many Chick Fil A sandwiches." But yeah, <laughs> I do run into situations where I'll be at a drumming gig and you know I'll meet someone. I'll be like, "Oh, I'm Daniel Barry. Oh, nice to meet you," and we'll go days, even weeks, uh, and someone will go, "Wait, dude, are you Bones?" And I'll be That's like, "Yeah," awesome. and they're like, "Dude, I know, I know you." Like. That's what I'm known as in in that circle, which is weird because you run into people that you marched against or whatever in high school, and they don't know me as Daniel Barry. They know me as Bones. So it's weird when people when certain people call me Daniel because uh-huh. they've called me Bones since high school. I'm like, dude, <laughs> that's, that's right. Use my real name, Bones, Senior Bones. bones. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, high did school- you was your school like you know you had like half the year was marching band and then half the year was symphonic. Yeah, you know, we indoor wasn't a thing with high schools when I um, indoor really? season. For those of, uh, those of you who don't know, really has come into prominence in the last ten fifteen years, uh, particularly mm-hmm. with high schools um, competing after football season is over. You know, you think marching band football season, right? Which is big time. Um, so we were we were obviously competitive during the marching season, but our band directors were like, "That's it, we're done. Now we're going to compete in other things." So. We we went to state with jazz band. Uh, we went to nationals oh, with jazz, jazz band. band, and I was a the drummer in the jazz band. I was a drum set guy, and I still am. Um, sure. So you know, I had to be good on snare to make it that line. But dude, drum set was it for me, and it still is. Like that's the only thing I'm really good at. Yeah, that's that's know. where that's where your home is. Yeah, I mean, Lindsay might disagree, but yeah. <laughs> See, we did. I did. Uh symphonic for all seven years sure and then when i got to high school did uh the marching band for all four symphonic for all four and then jazz band my last two now jazz that is a totally different animal Mm -hmm. jazz is like you you can know your music so well in symphonic band but then you're like all right i could do jazz band you can't you Mm -hmm. even count differently Mm -hmm. in jazz and i can't even imagine from uh 
from a rhythm percussion standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, three four time is not three four time mm-hmm. in jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have a learning curve with uh, when you moved to jazz? No, because I listened to it a lot. Um, Chris, my teacher, uh, genius. Like, Here, listen to these guys. Um, you know, it's yeah, symphonic band. Uh, you're driving somewhere and you got a detailed roadmap. Uh, with jazz yeah. band, it's like, hey, uh, find that star, and uh, you know, good luck. That's right. Here's 16 bars of a solo that just says drums on it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So intimidating when you're 14, 15. Oh, tell me about it. Mm-hmm. They're like, here's a trombone. Just, just make it up. I'm like, what, what key are we in? What scale am I allowed to use? <sighs> yeah. Okay, let's figure it out. <laughs> People are like, what, dude? Can we go like two hours on this podcast? Because yeah, we could. Talk, we go as long as we want. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I got There's my coffee. I'm good to go. That's right. That's the beauty of the show, man. That's why I do it. That's I. Uh, I just released Charlotte's episode. I know. I just uh, listened to it. Oh, genius. I haven't that, even promoted it yet. That's why I brought up Hershey earlier. <laughs> yes, I was wondering. I was wondering. Um, but with that one, like the whole purpose of doing the show is I like to talk to people because you, you learn so many new things about each other. And it's like I think about uh, Paul McHugh, oh. the one that I did with him. Uh, I don't know if I've probably told you this already um, off mic. But after we got done talking, he told me uh, – Thanks for uh, letting me tell my story, mm. which is just a little throwaway thing. Like, hey, thanks for having me on. But it really meant a lot to me because I was like, I never thought about it that way yeah. as me just talking to these people and finding out all these things. And like, who knew Charlotte had like lived in London for two years while in high school? You know, you know I was I mean? listening to her episode. I'm like, are she, are you? she's so young. She's been like everywhere. I'm like, what? That's right? crazy. It's I didn't even cool realize she moved thing. to Boston, which is an awesome move for her. That's that's really right. Cool. In a test kitchen? Who even? I didn't even know what a test kitchen was. <laughs> and she runs social media, so man, she's she's got it going on, dude. For real, it's another so winner. What is what is your favorite type of music? Dude, that is a really like, tough one. I like I like all music that's good, which is like a cop out answer. But like, do you feel okay? Here's one. Uh, as a musician, for me to enjoy music, it has to hit on like several different notes. Mm-hmm. Like, not literally, you know, like it has to have good music, nice. but also has to have good lyrics, uh-huh. you know, because some people's like, I really like the lyrics, but the music's garbage okay. or the other way around. Do yeah. you feel that way as well? You're like more critical of music because you play? Not at all. I, I like really? a lot of garbage music. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Ramones are absolutely as preternatural, like basic mm-hmm. three chords and lyrics that make no sense. Poor audio quality. And guys that do not really know how to play their instruments just banging it out yeah. for the sake <laughs> well, of fun. Well, that in and of itself is its own like right. bit of art. Well, you that's know what, what I, mean? I mean. Like They weren't even thinking about the word art. For them, it yeah, was exactly. more like fart, you know? <laughs> sure. But they're one of the well, greatest like people bands. that would slit the wrist and like spread the blood on the canvas, and they're yeah. like, ha. Yeah. Like, not okay. e- dude, not even that. Like, <laughs> it was like, you know, just dumping a can of Pringles on stage and screaming or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but they're the, I always go to that when, when I talk, when someone asks me about like the quality of music, like, does it have to be good? I'm like, well, I'll be honest. Ramones, one of the worst bands ever, but they are <laughs> one of the greatest bands ever as well. Sure. Uh, sure. Or, you know, take the white stripes, Meg white, not a drummer, but she's one of the most important drummers in the last 20 years. She right, doesn't know how to right. play drums. And I mean, I, I love her to death. She's one of my favorite drummers, but she, she's not a drummer. So, uh, you sure, know, sure. for me, it's, it's, 
Do you do you have a favorite drummer? Whew, that's another loaded one. Well, let me go back I to know. the first one. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, out of everything, uh, you know, because mm-hmm. it's every week it's different. Oh, I don't feel like metal today, or I feel like classic country today, or I feel like pop today. It's probably number one is mid to late 60s or let's say like 64 to 72 uh mm-hmm. 1964 1972 like r&b and soul music talking Ooh, classic motown stacks records anything blues sure. um you know otis redding is like my guy um sure. aretha franklin is like incredible a goddess to me um sure so that's probably the number one all the black music from like the mid sixties um, that shaped so much of what we have in R and B today, but oh yeah, that classic soul sound, blues and soul and R and B from that era is really like the thing Incredible. that it's its own thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's probably my number one favorite drummers. Mm-hmm. My all time favorite drummer is a jazz is a jazz drummer named Art Blakey. Okay. Uh, he, he was um, one of the few drummers of the '60s that it kind of became a premier as far as a band leader. Um, okay. And he had a career that lasted from the '50s all the way to the '80s, um, and he was a very vocal uh, proponent of black culture, African mm-hmm. culture, um, percussion from around the world, and jazz. And, sure. Uh, yeah, he uh, he's a unique drummer for sure, but followed closely by him is Keith Moon. Right on. Right who on. was the worst like example <laughs> of good technique you could ever find, but so inspirational. So inspirational. Sure. So somebody who loves that type of music, have you been to New Orleans? I have. I've played there a few times. Um, what? Yeah. Um, That's like a jazz rite of passage. Yeah. I didn't play there with any jazz bands, unfortunately. Still. Uh, you made music in New Orleans. Yeah, more like <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, Tom Petty stuff. But um, It counts. It counts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, New Orleans. I've been through there with my family a few times, and I've played there a few times. But it's been a long time since I did. I was there after the floods. Um, but, I same. Uh, I was there like a year after when I yeah went. yeah me too yeah it was a very different place than is in the movies <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely tough people though most musical yeah. city I've ever been in um, Nashville yeah probably Nashville it's I you know Boston means a lot to me because I went to school there for music and you know I was surrounded by musicians the whole time but I can't really judge it on that. So right. yeah, it's probably Nashville. In fact, I was just up there uh, about a month ago with the wife. Yeah, you were. Yeah. So so wait, you went to school for music. So did you always want to be a musician? Um it was it was it was um make believe f- until I got to be about well, junior high. I, I picked up music, but I really was creative in other ways. I was always drawing and and uh, writing big into comic books, um, particularly yeah. Marvel. But the thing that really moved me was Bill Watterson, Calvin and Hobbes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really like, I was Calvin from those books. Like I was like, sure. even at like 13, I was playing with stuffed animals and make believe and stuff. But, uh, you know, once I got to middle school, it was so competitive, competitive for me that it just uh-huh. became like, that was my life. So from sixth grade to like 
through college and even now like it's just music 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 for sure sure so yeah. you that was so you were in florida at the time and then you got into music through that and then you went to school for music did you go what what exactly did you do for school for music in boston my band like, director was like okay um you're going to berkeley and i said uh, yeah but <laughs> uh I'm really into these Christian musicians. Like at the time uh -huh. I was really ministry driven and I really had a band that was ministry driven and I ministry driven is like, um, what I mean sure. by that was, um, you know, music secondary to the message of, you know, the Christian message. I grew up Catholic, yeah, but of course. my friends were hardcore Baptist. Sure. Not Doesn't hardcore, but like, you know, they were conservative. Sure. Anyways. Um, it's awesome. In the mid and the late nineties, uh, there was a lot of Christian alternative music that was really good. Oh, and, yeah. And it was all obviously being produced out of Nashville. And when I learned that, I was like, well, um, there's a school in town that teaches you how to engineer audio and be a producer. So I was like, I'm going to go to Full Sail. And my band director was livid. He was like, you're a drummer. <laughs> you're a, an amazing musician. Mm -hmm. No. Go to yeah, Berkeley. That's not allowed. Go to Berkeley and be a musician. And I was like, yeah, man, I just want to stay, you know, I didn't want to leave my family. Sure. You know, it was always a girl tying me down. So my parents were, were rich at the time. I'll, you know, not filthy rich, but rich enough to send me to full sale. And I did my time there, worked really hard, got out, uh, went to Nashville, worked there, ended up playing in bands, ended up moving back for a girl. Uh, mm -hmm. about a year later after working for my dad and playing in really bad metal bands, I, uh, <laughs> I was, I was like, maybe I should go to Berkeley because my parents were like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, can I go to Berkeley? And they're like, dude, you just pick something and we'll do whatever you want to do. So thank God for my parents. We're so supportive. Right. So I called up my band director. I was like, hey, I need a letter of recommendation. He's like, for what? And he's like, for Berkeley. Uh, I was like, for Berkeley. He's like, I'll meet you today uh, at the cafe in Winter Park. Let's go. So he was like, it's about damn time. And I got up there, and they basically uh, – I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was out partying with my friends till like, 4 in the morning the night before. My mom and my aunt drove me up there, you know, and uh, it was January. It was freezing. Yeah, <laughs> it snows up there. You know, my mom was like, well, find somewhere you can stay online. And I, and I did. I found a couple places. I ended up moving to Austin, just outside of Boston. Really crappy mm -hmm. apartment. Just terrible. Terrible. Cool, cool roommates, but – Awful part of town. Sure. I love Boston. But uh, I got there, and they were like, all right, well, uh, have you had any music theory? I was like, yeah, seven years. And they're like, oh, okay. Um, can you play these audition pieces? And I was like, sure. Tore through them like they were, you know, mache, paper mache. And they're like, right. cool. Yeah. Um, you just drop your sticks and go child play. Right. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> cool. Uh, do you have the money? And like my parents do are like, sweet you're in so sadly the biggest regret of my life i don't have any regrets but i don't believe in sure. them but you know come on i'm with you there are things you can wish you wanted to change without being in regret all the time i quit after two semesters oh no but i didn't quit i okay. was uh <laughs> 25 going on 16 dude I, you know, okay. <laughs> no idea what real life was. You know, I, like I was so desperate for Florida weather uh -huh. and Southern cooking. And, you know, there was that girl. Of course. Again. And uh, I said, I need to go home. 
I need to go home. I don't know for how long. I just need to go home. And I did. And I just never went back. Well, hey, it worked out. <laughs> it definitely worked out, dude. And, uh, you know, I just, it was such a a weird time. It was such an exciting time. And, dude, I drummed anywhere between six and eight hours a day for those two semesters I was there. That is amazing. It was nuts, That's what dude. it takes for stuff like that, though. I didn't do anything else. I ate Have you, Cheez-Its uh... and Coca-Cola. <laughs> watch Seinfeld DVDs and drum. That's all I did. That is amazing. Have you seen Whiplash? You know what's weird? I haven't. I've seen most of it on like Ooh. clips and stuff. You gotta watch it, man. Well, Especially you know, you to know. someone who's a drummer yeah. who's done band. Well, Miles Teller's amazing. He is, and and, and so is J.K. Simmons. Yeah, he's and nut job. <laughs> he's good. J.K. Simmons in this is terrifying. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's so good. I've seen but, most of it. I just haven't watched it from top to bottom. And, I recommend it. It's for brutal. You, for your <laughs> listeners, and you know as well as I do, that is not reality in the least. No, no, it is definitely not. Uh, well, hopefully not. <laughs> no, it can't be. Not in today's day and age. Which, can no, we be honest? definitely not You're now. younger than me. Yes. Is Your generation is getting a bad rap, and I think it's so stupid because the people – that I find are the most ridiculous are the older generations. Not to say like my parents are, are dumb or whatever, but you know, it's so crazy out there right now. And I just think it could all (laughs) be solved by, uh, taking the time to be patient and learn from other people, other cultures. I mean, that's just asking too much, I guess now. Sure. You can stop it. Just take time to be patient and things would get better. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's weird. Like in my daily life as I get older, when I'm at the store in the grocery checkout line and someone's taking a long time and the people behind me are like visibly upset, I'm like, I'm thinking, you know, when I was 21 once, but these are like 40, 50 year old people. And I'm like, what do you have to do yeah, that you can't wait it's, two minutes? It's, it's definitely different. It's a, it's a weird time, man. It's a weird time. I, uh, that's putting it yeah 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 thank god and i say this every day brian Mm -hmm. we have a new star wars movie every year you are telling me i think about that all the time i was like were it not for escapism through star wars and a woman behind me it's uh uh, who dude you're you just that's like when i wake up in the morning that's basically what i say yeah you're like thank god for her and Star Wars. Exactly. <laughs> I am with you there. No, it's a weird time. It's a weird time because you have like, we're at this we're at this paradigm shift. We're like, so I'm I'm pretty handy myself because my dad's an old school guy and mm-hmm. like I know how to work on cars pretty often, which makes me really happy when I hear that Advance Auto Parts is like sponsoring the Force <laughs> Cast. <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, yes, that's, that's a sponsor I could get behind. <laughs> that's all Ryan, man. He he works his butt off to get those sponsors. What does your dad amazing. think about all this? Uh, the Just what the is times, this specifically? I mean, he's seen a lot. I mean, yes. my dad has too, but my dad's losing his mind. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I love him, but he's listening to the wrong people. Oh, I, I know exactly what you mean. Okay, uh, well, no, my well, dad is very—he's a hippie, you know. Really? So okay. he's very cool. go with the flow kind of thing. He tries not to think about a lot of stuff, and he's very much just be nice to people around you. Yeah, I met you know. I met uh, Donald Trump um, in New York when I was really 21, 22. 
Okay. 23, maybe. Uh, my long story short, this is the most interesting story I have actually. <laughs> uh, we were there working with the golf channel. Uh, dude, this, this whole story would take a whole nother episode. So I'll save it for the next one. Sure. But, um, at the time he struck me as two things. He struck me as unexpected because when we were there, everyone, even before we left for the trip was like, all right, don't speak to him. Don't look at him. Uh, don't approach him. Mm -hmm. Like he was God or something, you know, and it's like, okay. Sure. But at the time I was impressed with his, um, his salesmanship. He, he went through the set, all 30, 40 people were on set, went up to everybody individually, shook their hands, almost like a politician. Sure. Almost. Uh, (laughs) I can't give him any credit, but, uh, he, uh, he, I put his mic on and, uh, this was a, one of the most, this is a moment I look back almost every day now and, and I go, man, had I known, um, sure, sure. I I had put a mic on somebody that's intimate. Yeah. (laughs) And he almost like set me up, but I realized now that he had no idea he was setting me up because anyway, my opinion is, he's an idiot, but sure. Uh, he, he asked if it's clearly a clip on Mike and, uh, he asked, is that a clip on? (laughs) <laughs> and there was this moment where I actually found my eyes floating upwards above his brow and going, ah, I could totally say it. <laughs> I could totally ask the question. Is you could. You is could. The, the that a clip on? <laughs> and I regret to this day not saying it, but um, yeah. Well, you would have been kicked off immediately. Oh, yeah. It would have been worth it now. But when I, I've been on a few sets. Like I've worked on, uh, I did. Three days, four days on Ballers, three days on Baywatch, and dude. I've done a couple features here Wait, and there. Which Baywatch? The new one? The new movie, yeah. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, so I've done that, and if you're, I've done a lot of extra stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And when you're background, that's one thing that they tell you is like, if come up to you, don't look at them, don't bother them. If they initiate, you're allowed to say something back. Right. Um, so the entertainment industry is very much like that's a normal thing sure. when they're like, they're coming in. Don't look them in the eyes, you know. And that would that would never uh, be a problem for me because I'm honestly not that impressed, even with people that I like admire and love. Um, I get excited, um, sure, especially at concerts and stuff. But you know, okay, so say like Dave Grohl was at a coffee shop Ooh, in town. Well, can you imagine? I would have to say, dude, thank you for everything. I would have to say something, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother him for a picture or an autograph. That's not me. I could care less. I like moments. I, me too. Yeah. I'm all about it. I'm I'm horrible at taking pictures. I'll go like at celebration. I took next to no pictures. Uh, if I go anywhere, because I'm like a good example. Uh, Monique and I went to Jamaica last year, and we were taking this like bamboo raft down the Martha Bray River. And I remember I was wearing sunglasses at the time, and halfway down the river, I was like, no, 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 I want to experience this as it is. So I took my sunglasses off, that way I wouldn't have a filtered version of the colors that are around me. Mm. And I'm just like that. I'm very in the moment, engaging, you know, like this. This interview is, it's not an interview, it's a conversation. I want to get to know you as a person. Real, genuine human connection. Over Skype. (laughs) <laughs> over Skype, over Skype. That's right, <laughs> dude. And I, another thing that I just take for granted—it's like we have Skype now, right? Oh, I, dude. I feel you... like older every day that this technology <laughs> gets crazy. I'm like, I'm an old person. Oh, I'm 
26 and I feel super old when like, uh, like I was saying back, uh, so I'm a handy guy, right? I work on cars. Um, I hate it, but I can do it. And I learned uh, because my first car was a 92 Ford Taurus. I was born in 91, classic, mind you. Classic. And it caught fire while I was driving it. And like, I've learned to work on cars because I've had garbage cars. But nowadays, <laughs> ha- more than half of the stuff is electrical. So I don't know anything about that. So I'm like popping the hood and they're like, there's circuits and the computer in there. And I'm like, I don't understand any of this. <laughs> and it's the worst. <laughs> so I'm with you. Technology and I don't understand Snapchat. I'm not going to lie. It's so strange. It's so strange. Okay. Uh, random. Um, yes. That's what this let's is. Let's have some fun. <laughs> Go okay. to a character or actor that you feel you can pull out and, you know, people are like, oh, that's strong. That's good, man. Ooh, like an impression? Like when I was a kid, I did a lot of like cartoon voices for my friends. Mm -hmm. I never thought I was very good at it, but my friends seemed to think so. You know, oh, do Ace Ventura, do Ace Ventura. Sure, uh, sure. And, you know, I was was like, man, maybe I could be the – in another life, I think I would have been – Maybe a voice actor if I had the work ethic of a voice actor because those cats were. Oh my god, voice actors are magicians. They're incredible. Jim Cummings is like. Oh, dude. Rob Paulson and John DiMaggio, Steve Bloom. Steve Bloom. My god. They're all amazing. Um, I didn't. I'm not that talented. (laughs) I have. I have. I have pro noia. What is that? Where like, it's like the opposite of paranoia, where you think everyone's against you. I think everyone confuses my personality with my talents. <laughs> well, you know, okay, how about a go-to movie that you quote without even thinking about it? For me, no, it's like Mallrats. I mean, the easy one is Star Wars. You know, well, yeah, I'm constantly Star Wars. Tr- trying to work those in. Um, For instance, on your ooh. last uh, interview with Charlotte, uh-huh. you were talking about Paris, and you were like, should I go? Should I go? And I'm screaming at them. I'm like, dude, Indiana Jones said it. I love Paris. Or no, it was Venice. <laughs> It was Venice. He says, I love Venice. Dang it. See, I screwed up my own reference. <laughs> I don't, I'm always, I am always quoting movies. Yeah, dude. Because that's all I do is just watch movies. Well, um, me and you were trading text uh, Snatch quotes. Brad Pitt Yeah, because Snatch is amazing. Yeah. He wants a caravan for his ma. <laughs> what? <laughs> who took the diamond out? No, who, was it, who took the gem out? Your donut. You yeah. took it. <laughs> you took it, Tommy. Cool. I'm always cool at movies. Yeah. I could do, I could do a pretty good Russian accent. Oh yeah, see so that's, that's tough for me to pull off. I gotta go to uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons. That's, that's not bad. That's, that's how not basic bad at mine all. Is. Moose and squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> I always like the the how do you say? Yeah. You know when you're doing an accent, you come here and you want to talk about uh, how do you say um, yeah. the food. Yeah, that's not you bad. Be- that's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 cold. In Moscow, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, we 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 fight the Americans. Yeah, that's right. The he West killed people. them with a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> Natalia Smyonova. That's right. Yeah, that's right. No, uh, I, we have a good friend named Ksenia who's from Moscow. Um, Lorna Ka. Oh, dude, one of the most talented individuals on earth. For real. And uh, we had her so frustrated ryan's a ryan my co-host on pod on the podcast is uh is a uh, country boy you know he, he's from la but he grew up you know country but uh 
Sure. He, he could not pronounce her name. And Oh, really? <laughs> and I thought I couldn't, but it turns out I was doing it right. But, uh, you know, she he's like, Ksenia? And she's like, no, Ksenia. You know, that's my terrible sure, impression sure. of Ksenia. Of <laughs> so I'll stop now. But, yeah, yeah, I, it's so much fun to do to mimic for me, man. I love it. Sure, sure. It's a good skill set to have. So we, speaking of Lornica and the and the Star Wars connection there, because she's amazing. Melissa Thomas, good friend, mm, amazing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of amazing Star Wars artists, you now know, that I think about it, within the community. It's wild how Twitter and Instagram have connected so many great people. Right, that poster that they all came together and oh, did for Rebels? Yeah. Man, what? Congrats, John Marie, for getting that done. Yeah, right on, right on for her. But so, Celebration this year... Yeah, I'm was, glad you brought that uh, up. That's where we met. Yeah, for well, we officially met in person as human beings. Yes, exactly, in person. Yeah, <laughs> and and honestly, uh, I I knew Savannah was going to be too busy to really hang out. Sure. So I was like, well, I got to make an appearance because whatever. But I was like, bonus, I know I'm going to meet Brian Balance, uh, or Jedi Brian. Yeah. And, you know, Lindsay's <laughs> like, who? And I'm like, y- you'll see. So uh, <laughs> we got there, and I, s- I saw you. I was like, okay, we'll eventually talk to Savannah. I said. If we start talking to Brian, she'll come over to us, and I'm sure I think that's what happened. So, yeah, <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, it was really cool meeting you in person, man. Because I I knew I'd hit it off with you right away. Uh, tall, good looking, talented person. With you're a, talking about yourself. N- yeah, no, uh, you're you're okay. you're a, <laughs> you're a gem, sir. And uh, the Star Wars community is blessed to have you, and the podcasting community is lucky to have you. And I hope they know that uh, all this brain cabbage. That's going on is uh or is it mind, right. mind cabbage? <laughs> it can be whatever it needs. <laughs> what is that reference from again? It is a cabbage from uh it's an inside joke from Avatar the Last Airbender. Okay. Because it's part of your theme song. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. That actually that lightsaber sound in the theme song is Qui-Gon's. So I was re- yeah, nice. I was really pissed at celebration. I was really frustrated because we stayed overnight two nights in a row and we got in uh-huh. the line. First night, we didn't get there till like, 9, 30, 10, so that's on me. Sure. But the second night, we were in line at, like, 7, 30, 8 o'clock, which... Pretty late. Yeah, pretty late, but, you know, we were doing things at the event all day. Sure, I was sure. like, well, I paid for the... I'm not going to get in line, though. I mean, look, I don't judge anybody who did. Like, you you played the smart card. That's and right. I, and I knew. I had an inside baseball tip, like, this is what's happening at the 40th. Get in line as soon as you can. And, you know... By the time we were done and had dinner, it was like, all right, six, seven, eight o'clock, we get in line, we'll be fine. And no, I think we no. missed the main room by only like 200 people, maybe. Really? But, you yeah, know, that was one that, like, like I got in line at two o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. Yeah. But I got the fifth row right in front of John Williams. Yeah. So it's like, you got to make sacrifices That's another regret <laughs> to of get mine. that kind of stuff. That's another regret of mine. Of course, I got to be at this Soka Lives meetup and. Yeah, which was cool. Whatever I didn't get to go to was. that. Yeah. So, you know, you just trade off. We saw yeah. it simulcast, but yeah, that was an incredible event, but it was so exhausting and Oh yeah. When I have to make sure that my friends and my wife are are okay, they're not, you know, because look, you know, whether or not my wife like she was all in. Let's say it's all in, but you know, it takes it's it's asking a lot to make the sacrifices. Oh yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like staying in a line for over 24 hours. Oh yes. You know that's it's, that's a lot to ask of people. 
it really is. There's got to be yeah. a better way to better way to do that though. There has to be. Um, I just don't know what it is because they were like, like I said, I got there at two o'clock mm-hmm. and we were like. I want to say just around 200th in line. Yeah, that's nuts, so, dude. You know, so there are people that are like, they're telling you don't line up. Because they actually gave an announcement. They said don't line up until 8 o'clock at night. Well, yeah, that and was another two, thing. That was another you know? thing. That was frustrating because I, I met a friend of mine that uh, right after the panel. Like, dude, it was great. Weren't you in there? And I was like, no, were you? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I just walked away. I was so mad at him. <laughs> I was like, what, you got in line before 8 o'clock? You son Yeah, for real. <laughs> Did you go to uh, any of the panels, get any autographs or anything like that? Not an autograph, dude. Um, okay. I uh, I said hi to Filoni, uh, Celebration 6. Cool. Uh, he was going down the escalator. I was going up. Those are the kind of moments I'm like, that's better than yeah. autograph. Um, you know, eventually I'll get their autograph if I want it. But um, Sure. I, I get the autographs in the photos. That's awesome. Uh, it's just not my thing. I like the panels. So, yeah, we did... Most of the panels I wanted, I think there was one or two maybe we missed, but um, I think my favorite of the event, aside from the the, the 40th, um, uh-huh. was this year, or this past year, was um, uh, the music of Rogue One with David Collins. Oh my god, I love David Collins. He's ridiculous. I just want to be friends with him. I haven't heard a, a lot from him lately, though. I, yeah, I'm... he had Star Wars Oxygen for forever, and that was great. It's literally that panel, but as a podcast. Yeah. Um, and that was really good. But ever since then, yeah, just kind of, there was some not so great stuff happening over at that camp. Yeah. And, well, he uh, also was working with Kevin Smith's crew on the Star Wars. Um, what were they calling it? Um, the 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 what was it called? That show they were calling it um, the Holocron or something. Do you remember what I'm talking about? I do not. Kevin Smith? Yeah. Um, no. God, what was the name of that show? It, it's it been over a year since they stopped doing it. I think they stopped doing it because the Star Wars show was coming out. Sure. They were like, uh, yeah, we're going to do our own thing. So, But I'm I'm hoping that to see more of uh, David Collins, David W. Collins, at um, the the next feeds for the, the movie premieres and stuff. Yeah, he's amazing. He's one of the best hosts on there. I really, really like David Collins a lot. There's did a, you buy Did you buy anything cool from Celebration? Nah, because I, I mean, bought a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, that's <laughs> dude. Once I got married, I put it all away. Like, if I see something I want, <clears throat> I go, "Yeah, it'd be cool to have it," and then I forget about it. Like, I literally, it's not like my wife doesn't let me spend money. Sure, uh, sure. But I don't. But I get it. I just don't. I got it. You know, Lindsay's like, "Hey, let's get a new TV." I'm like, "Go for it." You know, you know. I make sure. 10% of what you make, so... I'm with you, man. Go for Monique, it. <laughs> Monique's a nurse. Yeah. That's a good gig. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Speaking of Lindsay, how did you guys meet? I'm glad you asked that, because I was going to ask about you and Monique. Um, uh-huh. I was in a dark time. I had a heart surgery around my 30th what? birthday. Yeah, long story short, I got a pacemaker. Um, it's not a big deal. Let's move past it. Uh, <laughs> okay. We'll that's another podcast. That's another podcast. Um, so I was, I was a ladies man for sure. Um, if you've mm-hmm. ever watched, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I, I probably closely relate to Dennis Reynolds, although I'm not a psychopathic <laughs> sociopathic, uh, uh, misogynist. Um, sure. <laughs> but you know, I 
played a lot of games, dated a lot of girls, messed around a lot. And um, mm-hmm. I was in a period where I was really down on myself and I was flirting with a lot of goth girls online and falling for some catfish situations and just, just really not attracting the, the best people and just sort of like, I'd been through a couple really gr- rocky relationships with really great women Mm-hmm. And just didn't work out, and I basically was kind of like giving up on life almost. I was like, whatever, who cares? Sure. I'll never. I, at the time, I literally was like, never getting married. I'm fine with that. I'll be this. I'll be the single friend of my friends sure. for the rest of my life. It's great. The token bachelor. So I started chatting with this cute blonde on Twitter. She's like, I like Star Wars. I like basketball. I go to UCF. I like Chick-fil-A and I'm like, "Oh, that's way too way too good." <laughs> You're like all three of the boxes are checked? Yeah. What? And she's like, Light "I'm a beacons. I'm a Catholic girl." And I'm like, "Okay, she seems really nice. Uh, I shouldn't mess with that." And then I was like, "Oh, oh she's 10 years younger than me. Definitely not going to mess with that." Even mm-hmm. though that was sort of my MO at the time. I was just messing with anything. <laughs> and uh I'm sorry not to sound like a creeper. It wasn't the sure. age. It wasn't the age thing. It was just, you know. Right, right. Green right. light go. I don't care, you know. Very sure. reckless, you know. Um, of course. I wouldn't say I disrespected women, but I was definitely disrespecting myself. Right, right. Uh, so when she showed some interest, at least through Twitter, I was like, no, you, no, I'm not good for good people. Just no. And she's like, you know, no, let's hang out. I'm going. She One night she goes, look, look, buddy, if you're ever going to meet me, here's your chance. I'm going downtown tonight with my friends. I'm going to be at Corona Cigar Bar. And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. Um, all right. So I drove down there, and I'm literally walking around the corner to the bar, and I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing? I'm 30. I'm pushing 31. I don't feel good about myself. I'm going to meet this 25-year-old girl. Or no, at the time she was 20, 20 going on 21. Mm-hmm. I'm like, she's going to be in there with some sorority girls. This is going to be embarrassing. I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not what I once was. I don't look good. I don't feel good. Yeah, and I no, almost no, no, no. turned around. I was like, but I have this feeling. Sure. I honestly had a suspicion, Brian, even though I never met her. I'd only seen her picture on Twitter. I said, if I meet this girl, it's either going to be another dead end, just like everything else, or if I'm uh-huh. really giving myself a chance here, I don't want to fall for anybody. I, this is the last thing on earth I want. I prayed, God, please. Don't ever let me fall in love again. I just I can't stand it. I hate it. I don't want to do it again. Right. I walked in, saw her across the room. She looked at me. She smiled. And on, it sounds dopey, but I was like, bleep, <laughs> cursed. I was like, dang it. I should have turned around because I knew at that moment, I was like, that smile I want to see every day for the rest of my life. I just, That's amazing. I, and the way she smiled at me. And it turns out the friends she was out with were not sorority girls because she's mm-hmm. the furthest thing from it. There were three dudes hanging out, smoking cigars, drinking like, you know, bourbon. And I'm like, okay. Right, right. And, uh, You're we, like, she can hang. Yeah, we, we <laughs> did some bar hopping and I took them to a couple hipster bars I liked. We could actually talk and not have to scream over the music. Right. And, you know, it was about midnight, and they were going to a, a the club, man. They were going to get down, and I was like, I'm going to go home. <laughs> and she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, but I would really like to see you again. And she lit up like a firefly. She's like, really? 
I'm like, Ooh. yeah, I really would. So um, long story short, two and a half years later, I decided this is the one. And another year later, we got married. So we've been married almost four years. No, three years. Right three years. I'm sorry. Three years. Three years. It'll be three years, January 3rd. So, yeah, she's January. she's and you can relate to that. She's my best friend. Yep. I'd rather hang out with her. And this is when I knew this was this was going to happen. I said I realized like I'd rather hang out with her than my friends. That yeah. that had never happened to me before. My buddies sure. would call me and be like, "Hey, let's go." And I'd be like, "No, I'm good, dude. I'm going to hang out with Lindsay again." And they're like, "Oh, really?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> but it's game night. Yeah. Go ahead. Exactly. I'm good. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, she's she's. I, every day I'm like I can't she's believe she's rad. still around, dude. It's crazy. I your wife is great. I, you guys I, are I, like my favorite people, dude. Thank you, Brian. That's amazing. And I'm really glad you gave me the opportunity to tell that little short story and brag on her because she, she's, it, it's so much fun going through life with her, man. Uh, you know, it's only been five years, but man, every day is like, oh, that was interesting. It's just. I never stop learning things about her, and that's just amazing to me. That's like crazy. Sure, sure. Yeah, that is awesome. So you are so lucky to have Monique, man. I can't wait to meet her. Oh, you're telling me. Can't she's wait she's the best. That was funny. Like you said, uh, I remember uh, past girlfriends. You know, there was always a separation where it was like these are my friends and this is my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. You know, there was never any like cross sections there. And then I remember the cliche of old people like, oh, I married my best friend. I'm like, yeah. okay, whatever, right. Hallmark, you know. Right. But then you find the one, and you're like, wow, no, for real. She can be my girlfriend and my best friend. It's right. like this weird sort of thing. Um, but it's pretty great. It's pretty great. I'm a weird guy, and uh, she's been around for a while. So Weird is, is good, though. I, I, I think Agreed. weird is probably my favorite quality in – anything particularly people i find that people that aren't weird i can't really relate to um same i i, I when i when i meet people that are weird that don't celebrate that kind of hide it i go come on man it's cool sure <laughs> you know be be embarrassing it's fine sure i See, literally I... every day probably just as much as she says uh, she loves me Lindsay says you're so weird every day and oh I, yeah, and I oh, go for oh, sure. You love it. She goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And it, see, that's the thing that I also appreciate is good people because mm. I grew up in a really bad neighborhood mm. around really bad people. Mm. Like almost, I'm pretty sure almost everyone I grew up with is in jail now. Oof. But beside the point. So so I've seen a lot of horrible things mm. growing up. So when I meet people like you and Lindsay, it's like, oh wow, there is good in the world, and yeah. it's nice that I can trick you into being my friends. So thank you for that. <laughs> I wanted to be your friend before I met you. And as soon as we found you and shook your hand, I was like really happy you're put on this earth. So you boob. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> we got to do more of this because I got to tell you the whole story about the trip to New York where I met Orangey McFace. And then that's what I call him. <laughs> and then um, I, I just got so many stories to tell you and uh, the full Lindsay story and yeah, Anyways. of course, of uh, course. Everybody's gonna ask you this. I'm just curious. Um, yes. Are you doing a Florida wedding? Is it gonna be big? You know what? I figured it took eight years to get engaged, so I've got another eight to figure it out. We did a year engagement, um, and thank God for it. Um, yeah, we're gonna do a while. It was a weird thing because, like, we didn't want to 
Like, she never wanted to get married. Hmm. She was just cool with it. And I have an aunt and an uncle who've been together for like 50 years, still not married. Huh. That's okay. just, hey. just not their thing. They, uh, My aunt would be like, you know, if we got married, it just kind of ruined everything. I'm like, all right, well. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that could be true. <laughs> but not for you and Monique. That's, uh, I'm, man, yeah. I'm, I mean, so we, whatever you do, whatever I can do to help, man, let me know because – I've been through oh, a lot of them. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. But I, I, so I do have a question though. Yeah, please. When, when did you get into podcasting? Because you did music. I'm trying to find the thorough line here. What's weird is okay. So I knew what a podcast was, but I kind of came to Kevin Smith's films after they were in the theaters. Okay. So like people would reference Jan Salabab when I was in high school, and they were too adult for me then because I was always like a a late bloomer and i was a good christian kid i didn't want pot humor and curse words in my movies sure i didn't get it but um you know Mm -hmm. years later i grew to really love his characters his films i just really gravitated towards kevin smith one of my favorite humans and he started podcasting pretty early on and i just was like okay this is a thing now and he had a network before pretty much anyone else did and uh i still celebrate his entire catalog of podcasting but um Shortly after that, I started listening to the Force Cast with Jimmy and Jason, because mm-hmm. uh, they were old like school. The only one on the block at at that time, uh, and by the time they they moved over to RFR, there was a few other ones that had started, um, and I was listening to all of them. Ryan, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I wanted a podcast, and I just didn't have the equipment or really make the time. And I was like, who? What am I going to podcast about? By the time Ryan had reached out about doing a Star Wars podcast, I was like, dude. No, there's too many. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you know, there's like three that are really good. There's no way we're going to be able to top them. Sure. Forget it. Um, but he was like, well, I'll do everything. All you got to do is call and talk to me. And I'd never met Ryan. I just knew him through Twitter. And I was like. Really? Yeah. I was like, yeah, all right. Dude, it was over a year before we met um, in person. That's awesome. He's been down with his wife and kids uh, about five or six times since we started podcasting. We've hung out. Now quite a bit. Um, he was at Celebration with me. Right. Um, he's got a great family. Just had a second kid. Yep. Um, congrats to him. He is a man. He has impacted my life in such an impos- a positive way. Like that's one of the greatest things in my life that has been consistent for any amount of time. I just and he does all the work for me. He always has. And you know, I try to do a little bit producing and editing, mm-hmm. but even when I drop the ball and I don't do anything he he makes it happen and he's like dude we're doing a podcast skype me we're gonna talk star wars for two hours and it's just uh i I couldn't live without it and um i really couldn't at this point and um i just love that man and uh we are so different me and ryan so different (laughs) but we have some similar interests and uh right it just notably star wars it works so yeah i mean i've always been a fan of podcasts and uh, I want to do more of it um, on my own. Um, sure. So you and Ryan me. were Podcast 66? Yeah. he. Uh, we were just like, let's do a Star Wars. You know, he's like, let's do a Star I want to do a Star Wars podcast. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. And he's like, come on. And I was like, all right. You know, whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, we were both writing for a couple different, like, fan sites at the time. Sure. And, uh, it, you know, I was going to ask you about this. The, the lead up to Force Awakens was... Yes. A period in Star Wars we'll never experience again in fandom. Agreed. Agreed. And after the the dam broke with that movie, and now we got mm-hmm. everything else, it's 
it's like you're drowning in Star Wars, and it's almost like it's different. Almost, it's almost like I can't even keep up with what's going on every day, let alone every week. Oh yeah, so. it's crazy. Which is, I mean, but it's like it's the best problem to have. Mm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? No, I'm not complaining. It's just it's definitely different before oh, that movie. For sure. No. I mean, we went from one movie every three years to thinking it was going to end. Then we get the Clone Wars movie. Then there's a series. And we're like, all right, cool. This is great. Yeah. Now it's like all at once, yeah. you know, because we've got movies in between movies and then comics and books and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, pre- it's pretty awesome. And you had that before The Force Awakens, but it was like in small doses. Exactly. Know? Exactly. It wasn't permeating culture. Yeah. Like it is now. Yeah. So you're doing it's... a great job with the podcasting thing, man. And I'm really glad that it's growing. And I know it's going to get much bigger. Bo show. Especially now that you've had me on. I exactly. I'm just totally (laughs) using you. I'm going to be honest with you. Riding my (laughs) coattails. That's right. When me and Savannah became friends, um, I actually, I recommend that episode to a lot of people because I I had met Savannah for like 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And then a year or two later, I was like, hey, would you like to be a guest on my show? And that was the first time we'd ever talked to each other for a yeah. long period of time. And you can hear us like become best friends over the course of the interview. It is amazing. Um, History. So I, I told her, I was like, listen, you're going to get really successful. I'm going to ride your coattails. I'm just telling you that right off the bat. Do you have I'm a favorite? With you. Do you have a favorite podcast? Um, that I've done or no, that no, 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 uh, no. I listen to? Yeah, listen to. The Nerdist. Just the straight Nerdist? The Nerdist with Chris Hardwick is yeah. my favorite podcast. I hear you, man. I just I love it. I love that it's like it's, it's I totally stole the format. Sure. Um, and what it is because he, the I love that you get a human side to celebrities mm-hmm. because there are these like people that I really look up to because I'm trying to get into that industry as well. Mm-hmm. And like to hear Tom Hanks talk about he watches Storage Wars. <laughs> right. I was like, what? Yeah. Tom 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 Hanks, the Tom Hanks. Just sits around and like watches Storage Wars. I'm like, oh my god, he's a person, you know. And it's like, it's such a cool thing that you're like humanizing these people and having these genuine conversations. And I was like, I want to do that. I was like, I'd like to do it with celebrities, but I also want to do it with people. Yeah. I just want to get to know people, and that's that was the birth of this whole thing. I mean, not to, um, you know, not to say that I'm Tom Hanks, but I mean, this interview could just be as interesting if you were talking to Sebastian Stan, maybe. Exactly. Maybe we're we're just got different stories, but you know, I'm not saying I'm like interesting as Sebastian Stan, but why not? Mm, I would say you are in a different way. Thanks, man. Going you know? down, down, baby, down, down right. the roller coaster, sweet, oh. sweet, baby, sweet, sweet. Don't let me down. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa pop. Yeah, go. Shimmy, shimmy, wow. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa pop. Shimmy, shimmy, wow. I had a girlfriend. Trisket. She said. Just a biscuit. Sweet, sweet soda pop vanilla on the top. Ooh, Shelly Rump. Walking down the street ten times a week. I did it. I said, I said it. it. I said it. I stole my mama's credit. I'm cool. That's right. I'm hot. Suck me in the stomach three more times. One more times. It's gold. Perfect. Gold. We got to end on Hanks. that, right? Yeah, something like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what are your, what's your, do you have a favorite podcast? Tell him Steve Dave. Tell him Steve Dave is great. Kevin Smith. I was there from episode one. Um, you know, it's weird that that show is such a cult following, and the ants, as they call them, are really diehard. I'm not really a part of that community. I don't communicate with any of those other fans. I just enjoy the show. 
and I rarely buy the merchandise, even though I want to. Um, uh-huh. But I just li- literally just enjoy those three gentlemen. Those three have brought me through good times and bad times. Sure. Um, one of the things that can always, always help me, no matter how tired I am or how sad I am or how mad I am, I could put on Tell Him Steve Dave any episode and it just comforts me like a warm blanket. That is awesome. It's weird. Uh, it's, it, you know, because those three are not the typical, like when you know me pretty well, you're like, oh, really? Sure, sure. That's the one? Yeah, but that, <laughs> I just love those three so much, so much. That's awesome. Yeah. So you, on the four, on the fourth cast on Podcast 66, you've done a lot of really, really great interviews. Oh, yeah. Do you have a personal favorite? That's a good one. Uh, I, one of the more memorable ones was Greg Weissman. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you why, because I had nothing but... You're great. You're awesome. I I can't believe I'm talking to you. It was like a little, it was weird because like, look, I mean, we've had interviews with Freddie Prince Jr. and Kevin Kiner and Taylor Gray and Vanessa Marshall Mm -hmm. and, you know, all these great people. And I'm like, Greg was the one I was like, you you make gargoyles. You make make gargoyles. You know, and it's just like weird because I was like, I I didn't have anything to, to ask him, you know. Right, you um, couldn't. That was the one where the fanboy like came through. Right now, Freddie is the go-to for us because we've had him on like six times. That's so great. Our I old show, our new show, and he's one of a kind. Um, and I hate to pick favorites, but honestly, I think if I knew Vanessa and re- like if I lived in the same town as Vanessa, like we'd hang out. Like that's so cool. I had a connection with her. Um, that was real and. Uh, I only met her. I've only met her a couple times in person, but um, yeah, just she was one of the first big names we got in Star Wars, and she's the genuine article, man. And uh, man, she has got some stories. She's she's one that I would love to have on. She's there, one. I I have this notebook that I uh, that I keep specifically for this podcast. Mm-hmm where I have names written on the top, and I'm like, this is a guest that I would like to have, and these are things I want to talk about, yeah. just in case. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Vanessa Marshall's there. Oh, and she's, she's hilarious, great. by the way. She is, and she's incredibly talented. For sure. Like, good Lord. I saw her do the latest um, Smugglers, yeah. Kyle Newman's radio drama. Yes. And, like, she didn't have a couple pages of the script while on stage, and it's all live and, like, the first time going through. Yeah. And she just, like, improv alien language and like committed and it was so good. Amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. That whole cast is top notch. For real. Top notch. For real. Steve Bloom's another one. Mm-hmm. Just seems like the nicest dude ever. Yeah, we haven't talked to him and we haven't talked to Filoni, but we've had everyone else. That's amazing. So now there's one question that I like to ask everyone. Oh we didn't have tea, in the, I'm sorry. Specifically in the community. Yeah, okay. What, who's your favorite Star Wars character? Right now, um, mm-hmm. It's still Ahsoka Tano. Really? I know you got a fulcrum tattoo, which is badass. I do. I have a fulcrum emblem tattooed on my left wrist. Um, so cool. I, uh, I, 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 I'd say right now I'm most interested in two characters, and it's a toss-up. Kylo Ren and Saw Gerrera. Okay. Okay. I'm Those are good choices. absolutely intrigued by both of them, and it has a lot 
a lot to do with the actors that play both of those characters. Um, sure, sure. You know, the go-to for me, uh, good guy, Obi-Wan, bad guy, Vader, but also a good guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, just my all-time favorite villain is Darth Vader, obviously. Um, second only to Biff Tannen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, R2's my favorite droid. Always will be. Sure, it's um, hard to beat. But yeah, right now, still Ahsoka, but Kylo and Sagarera, well, Kylo for sure, coming up right close behind. I, He's, dude, he's everything. Like, I, I'm like, he can't be redeemed, but it's I'm, like, uh, I kind of want, want his story <laughs> to continue, but I'm like, the dude's got to go. I'm, I, I'm so glad to hear you say that. He's the worst! He's I'm the with you, worst. man. If he if he gets redeemed, I'm like, okay, so Han Solo died for nothing. No, and no, like, no. It's like, gonna... no, it, it's what brought him back. Like, no, 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 no. Han Solo's dead now. Someone asked me about it, um, and I I said, well, I can't say for sure because I haven't seen it yet, but I'm pretty sure Ryan and JJ are gonna make Han's death really impactful in the next two movies. Like, I think so too. The impact hasn't been felt yet. It, it's going to. But you know what's funny about Kylo is I say I say with the biggest smile on my face, he's the worst. He's the worst, (laughs) and it makes me so happy. I'm like, what an incredible move by the writers, and what an amazing performance by Adam Driver. It's it's fantastic. It for me it changed everything about Star Wars. Is that character? I'm just like so in. I'm so in. I love sure. it. I love it. It's going to be great. And I do want to touch on something that I totally agreed with you and Ryan on. Okay. And I was like, yes, Lando. Yeah, what the heck, man? <laughs> Lando is like one of my all-time favorite characters as well. He's the coolest character and, ever. And like to kill Han Solo and to not have Lando in a casino just doesn't make sense. Well, I, like I said on the show, I have to reserve judgment till I've seen it. Um, exactly. But... I was upset he wasn't in the first one. Me too. And Me when too. Mark always says, well, it's got to be everybody, I'm like, well, why does that not include Billy D? I don't get right? it. So, Especially, I, I mean, he's a major, major, major character. He well, blew up the second Death Star. The Just thing, saying. The thing that's the most confusing is it's obviously he doesn't have bad blood with Lucasfilm. He's worked with them a lot and recently. Sure. So I don't yeah. understand why. Just You know why what not? it might be? And this is just a theory. It might be his management. Hmm. Because I, I met Billy D mm-hmm. at Supercon a couple of years ago in Miami. Mm-hmm. And he was super cool and chill. And Billy D, you know how he is. Yeah. But his whoever his manager was that was with him was a dick. I think I know who you're talking about. Um, he, yeah, he's I like don't... Tall guy, wears a suit right. and Superman stuff for some right. reason. Right. Not cool. Not yeah, cool. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm just glad that Billy D is still around. And I met him at uh, weekends Same. a couple years ago. He's so cool. Yeah. And he knows he's cool. (laughs) Yeah. He's awesome. He's he's Lando. I'm still holding out that they're pulling our leg, um, but probably not. But I mean, can you imagine if after all of this press, when he's like, Lando's not in it just for the switch? Yeah. That'd be great. I don't know. We'll uh, see. Yeah. Yeah. We will see. We're two weeks out. Billy D. Billy D. Billy D. Excited, yes. but I think I'm pretty sure we may have just broken the record for my longest episode to date. Oh well, thanks, man. I I appreciate the taking the time with me. I uh I could literally go all night, but I don't want your subscribers to be like enough. 
<laughs> I don't care. This is my show. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. Well, we got to. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time. Well, we're going to have you back on the really Forcecast for sure. Anytime. And I want to do Anytime. another one of these when you come back around to repeat guests. Count me sure. in. Sure. Count me in. Faux show. Mm-hmm. Anytime, anytime. I'm uh, I'm very happy to be associated at all with Forcecast. Because uh, the Force.net, I actually posted this after you had me on for the first time. I've been on the Force.net almost every day since 05. That's crazy. That's awesome. Because it was like the Star Wars news site. And they also had uh, the Force.net slash fan films. Mm-hmm. And it was the only place on the internet where I could see extra Star Wars. Yeah. That like people had made as well. And I was like, oh my God, I want to do something like this. Right. So I've seen those fan films on there like a hundred times each. Yeah. They're so good. Yeah. So Force.net has a special place in my heart, as do you and your That's wife. Funny. Oh, I will let her know. She will love that. Yes, yes. Please give her my best. But uh, where can people find you online? Uh, I tweet uh, sometimes uh, on Twitter, yes, at the D Bear. It's T-H-E-D-E-E-B-E-A-R. That's one of my nicknames. I love it. The D Bear. And uh, just go to the Forcecast. Or just, no, not the Forcecast. Go to www forcecast.net and you can reach my podcast there in a multitude of ways um and yeah that's pretty much it on instagram i'm daniel barry drums barry is spelled with an e sweet talk to me about anything man um i'm i hope i didn't scare off any of your followers with my political comments (laughs) ah you're good that's why it's called the interesting podcast is that a clip on that's right (laughs) Well, until next time. Yeah, man, which will probably be tomorrow I'll be texting you. That's right. That's right. You yeah. got my number. Yes, I do. And...